Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. I want to ask you, have you ever heard of what's called a paper champion? A paper champion. There's a tactic that's used in the sport of boxing when, let's say, a boxing promoter wants to pump up the ticket sales and he wants to make some big climactic event, a lot of hype. What they'll do is they'll take a particular boxer of their choosing, the one that they think looks scary or has the right characteristics, and they'll put that boxer up against weak contenders so that he can beat them. And he beats these contenders as he fights along. It's kind of like setup, it really. And it, 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 they actually do that, especially in wrestling federation. That stuff is so fake. Come on. But they do it in boxing, too. They put them in front of weak contenders that they can beat. And then over a period of time, they're going to make the whole world think that this was the baddest, toughest boxer in the ring. When in reality, he's not. He's a paper champion. They manufactured his title on paper. That's what a a paper champion is. So on paper, he's the champion, but he really didn't beat all those guys like everybody thinks he did. It's for a bigger purpose. It's for a bigger climactic end on some big event that's going to get all the attention later. Today I'm calling today's message 2 Kings Kings 19 Part 2, The Paper champion. King Sennacherib. Did I say that right? No, no. Somebody's going to go, that's not right. I heard it on a narration program. That's not right. Well, I'm fifth generation Texan redneck and I don't care. Okay. King Sennacherib of Assyria. He'd been going around conquering all these nations. He took these guys and all these sweeping through everywhere. And now he's come up against God's covenant people. He says, I'm going to take Jerusalem next. Nobody has beat me yet. I'm going to take you down Jerusalem in the tribe of Judah. And the Lord has a few things to say about him. And we start now in 2 Kings 19 and verse 21. It says, this is the word which the Lord has spoke concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion has despised you, laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind your back. <laughs> you ever have somebody shake their head behind your back? I'm Mr. Awesome and I'm going to, and you walk away and everybody just say, oh, golly, this guy. You know, that's what this means. And the fact that Jerusalem is referred to as the virgin daughter suggests that at this point, at this time in history, the city of Jerusalem had never been conquered since the time it came under Israelite control. Nobody's taken Jerusalem. Nobody has violated her yet, the virgin daughter. She's like, we're, dude, you're just all full of it. You braggart. You're shaking our head at you. You think you're so tough. 
So for the king of Assyria to brag about all the nations that he'd conquered in the past, um, God was saying, fine, we know that you conquered all these guys in the past, but Jerusalem has never been taken yet. As in, what do you think you're boasting about? Jerusalem hadn't been taken, you're boasting over nothing. So the king of Assyria is boasting about all these kingdoms, but this unconquered Jerusalem has heard too much macho talk by now, too much hype talk, and shaking her head as if to say, this king has no idea what he's talking about. This is Jerusalem. We're God's covenant people. And as we go through this chapter, I want you to pay close attention to how when you're in covenant with the Lord God, he fights for you. He protects you. We already read today that when you become saved, you are given a guarantee by the Holy Spirit, a guarantee because God binds it with covenant. He binds your salvation with it. Jerusalem is shaking her head like you have you have no idea what you're talking about. That's the picture that the Lord God is giving us in what he has to say about King Sennacherib. 2 Kings 19.22 Whom have you reproached and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted up your eyes on high? Against the Holy One of Israel. So, okay, King Sennacherib's insults, it was not just against Jerusalem. He was talking about Jerusalem, but really he insulted the Lord God himself. It's like any of you, you have uh, family members that you're responsible for protecting. And let's say somebody came to assault or attack one of your family members. You would take it that they did not just attack one of your family members, but you attacked my wife. You attacked me. I'm taking it that personal. The Lord God is saying, you speak like this against Jerusalem. You insult Jerusalem. You're really insulting me because they are my covenant people. Friends, if you're in Jesus Christ under covenant with him, God looks at you that way. Anybody assaults you, insults you or assaults you, God takes it very personal. That's my kid. I'm not having it. We have a God like that that thinks of us in these terms. It's great. So he's saying, you insulted me. So King Sennacherib is about to find out that his mouth got him in a lot more trouble than he had realized because his insults did not just fall on Jerusalem, but it fell on the Lord God himself. And now he's going to have to answer for all the fear that he caused on the people of Judah. Remember, he said, by the time we get done with you, Judah, Jerusalem, by the time we get done with you, you're going to be eating your own waste to survive because we're going to take all your crops away. That's the, you're going to be in bad shape because nobody's ever beat us yet. And we're coming for you next. God says, no, you're not. <laughs> so good. The Israelites, tribe of Judah, uh, they are being protected by the Lord God. And I hope you can get a sense now of how it must have angered the Lord for someone to come along and talk about his family like this. He's like, that's my family you're talking about. 2 Kings 19.23, by your messengers you have reproached, it means insulted. You have insulted the Lord and said, by the multitude of my chariots, I have come up to the height of the mountains, to the limits of Lebanon. I will cut down its tall cedars and its choice cypress trees. I will enter the extremity of its borders to its fruitful forest. I have dug and drunk strange water, and with the soles of my feet I have dried up all the brooks of defense. Okay, all this that we just read here, that those are claims that King Sennacherib had made. He says, I've done all this, I'm so tough, you should be scared of me. 
Now, I think it's very doubtful that he could have ever possibly cut all the trees in Lebanon down. I I really don't think that. Lebanon is known for its trees. They use trees from Lebanon to build their biggest buildings in the temple itself because the the strong wood that they had. Uh, It's more likely, instead of saying that he cut down its mighty forest, I think what it was figuratively meaning was that King Sennacherib cut down Lebanon's strongest leaders uh, rather than all the trees. Because... Lebanon's strength has always been illustrated by its trees. In fact, if you look up Lebanon's flag, still today, on that flag is a tree. It's still their symbol of power. That, that's like our eagle is, is their symbol of power. So I think it's probably that the king boasted about taking down Lebanon's most powerful leaders by claiming he cut down their trees. It would be the same as if somebody said that they're going to take out America's leadership, but rather than just say, I'm going to take out the leadership, it would be a much more scary statement to say, I'm going to shoot down your eagle, as I think is what he's getting at here, not that he actually cut any trees down. So he's trying to stir all the fear that he can, all the chaos that he possibly can to try to get people very scared, because when you make people scared, you have an advantage. And fear tactics, friends, aren't you sick and tired of fear tactics in this country today? You turn on the news, that's all they try to run is fear tactics. And it's nothing new. He was doing it back then. So he also bragged that he dug strange water. What that means is he's been to, you know, when you go to different towns and you drink their water, it's like, this is strange water here, you know. He's saying, I have traveled all over the place. I've drank strange water. I have, I've tasted the water in Lebanon. I've tasted the water here. I've been all over, and nobody has been able to withstand me yet. I have taken everybody down. The statement he said about he dried up everything that the land could produce. He says, I came and I conquered, and the land quit producing. That may have actually happened. But he's thinking it's because of him. I'm so powerful. When I swept through, the land quit producing. The crops quit putting out. And that's why he, he threatened the people of Judah. You're going to be eating your waste here because every place I've been through, it just dies. And he thinks it's because he's so cool. So his brag here is about how powerful he was. You know how it goes out on the, on, in social media today. Look at me. I'm, you know, everybody's bragging about themselves. It's the same kind of talk. His brag was that how he, he loved to talk about how he abused his power to elevate himself higher than any other God that was out there. He considered himself a God for that matter. And look what I've achieved. I have taken everything out. I've dried everything up because I'm just so awesome. And Jerusalem, you're next. You know, friends, God hates this kind of attitude. This look how great I am. And, you know, we all carry it sometime. When we make a lot of money on something, man, I'm making good right now. I'm doing awesome. You know, we're inclined to get uh, elevated with ourselves. And God opposes the proud. Scripture says that all over the place. God opposes the proud. So, yes, the the Lord uh, is against him. And Sennacherib thought he was strong enough to conquer even the God of Israel by pummeling Jerusalem, by pummeling his kids. Friends, I wanted you to catch a sense. If somebody grabbed one of your kids and started just smacking their brains out, what would that do to you? This is what God is thinking about this guy right here. Boy, is he in for it. I see you parents looking at each other. Everybody touch my kid. I'm going to, I see y'all. So the Lord certainly has a few choice words for the man. Second Kings 19, 25. Look what he tells, what he, he speaks about him. Did you not hear long ago how I made it? 
from ancient times that I formed it. Now I have brought it to pass that you should be for crushing fortified cities into heaps of ruins. Y'all catching this? I'm going to read that again. That's very important. He says, I made all this and he goes, I brought it to pass that you should be for crushing fortified cities into heaps of ruins. Therefore, their inhabitants had little power. They were dismayed, dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and the green herb, as the grass on the housetops and grain blighted before it is grown. So, okay, let's look at what he just said here, because this just frazzled my head when I first read it, that God would actually say such a thing. He's saying, I set this up. So King Sennacherib, he is boasting about how he's the reason why Assyria was so successful. I'm the reason because I'm this great God King guy. I'm so tough. But God turned it back back on him. He said, it's not because of Sennacherib's power, but it was because the, the Lord. The Lord said he had made all these things happen. He says, I made all this happen. So King Sennacherib thought he was powerful when, in fact, the Lord said, hey, it's not because you're so strong, but rather because I purposely made everybody so weak. That's what he said. Did you see that? I mean, this doesn't sound like something God would do. God made all these nations weak so that he could come and stomp on them. That doesn't sound like what God would, would do. Well, God has a bigger picture in mind. He says, not because you're strong, but rather I made everybody weak. So the Lord used Sennacherib's pride against him to make him into a paper champion. You see what I'm getting at? He thinks he's something else. And God says, no, you're not. He's being set up for something bigger. So he's a paper champion. It's like that sports promoter. He wants to drive up the ticket sales so that he can take a big bragger you know, the, the more they brag, the more everybody wants to see them fall, right? How many times, oh, don't you just love to see the bragging guy just go down? Oh, I can't wait to see him go down. We do that, don't we? He's setting Sennacherib up. You see what the Lord is doing? He's setting him up. He used this braggart who was hated by all the nations because he swept through and, and conquered them all. And these nations, they're just waiting to see him fall. They just want to see this guy go down. And they're watching everything Sennacherib does because they hate him for what he's done. The Lord is using this paper champion not for drawing ticket sales exactly, but for the purpose of the Lord being glorified on an international level. He's taking this guy global. How else are you going to get all the nations to watch what's going on right down to Jerusalem Unless he has to make this a big promotion first, right? What the Lord is doing. The Lord is going to be glorified on a global scale. It's like that wise promoter. The Lord has all the nations watching this so that when he gets glorified, every nation is going to see it. They're following Sennacherib. What's he doing next? They're all going to hear about this. So you can see how the Lord himself had ordained Assyria's conquering streak to happen not to make Sennacherib so great, but it is the Lord who is great. You know, when you read the Bible and you go, aha, I see it now. Isn't it just genius what the Lord does? Okay. So the Lord said to Sennacherib, all those nations and all their resources that you think you so easily conquered and took all that up. He said, didn't you hear that I made all that? 
Don't you know how it got there? God's saying, I'm the one that put it there. I put it there for you to take it. I laid it out so you could come over and step on it. You think you're tough. You're not. I put it there to make you think you are. I want you to look at verse 25 again. Look what he said. He says, I have brought it to pass that you should be for crushing them. Do y'all see that? I'm not making this up. I know this sounds weird. Like, Ray, well, what, this doesn't sound like the God I know. I'm just following the Bible. We have to reckon with this. In verse 25, it says, I brought it to pass so that you should be for crushing. I set you up to crush this stuff. I'm the one that made it. I put it there. And I made it to pass so you could do this. So I want, I want you to cast this, okay? Sennacherib was so prideful that he couldn't see how the Lord had baited him right into his plan. He is just drawn right into it. The Lord said, I put these weak nations in front of Sennacherib specifically for him to crush them. Now, I don't know what sin problem was probably going on in these nations. They were probably serving false gods. That was probably part of a judgment on these nations for Sennacherib to come and do this. Okay, so it was probably understood that that was a judgment on them. But ultimately, I know the questions on everybody's mind. Why would God do this? Why would he do this? Why just run him over all these people? Why? Again, they were serving false gods, but also the Lord spent time here. He strategically was building up global hype to such a high level. And now it's time to fight in the octagon with Jerusalem. You know what I'm getting at? It's like you have gone through the little weaklings. The hype is there, but now you're going to take on the big boy. Jerusalem, God's people. And so in this corner, fighting out of Assyria is King Sennacherib. And over in this corner, fighting out of Judah, it's King Hezekiah. I can just hear it like it was a boxing match about to happen. Let's get ready to rumble. They're about to, it's, it's the big event. It's the, the what is it called, a super slam, WWF or whatever they called it, Slamorama, what, I don't know. This is the big deal. And the crowd of the nations are going wild because they're just waiting to see this. They just want to see this guy fall. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen because Judah is such a small little kingdom. They don't have much of a military. This is like David and Goliath all over again. The news of this huge confrontation had gotten so big that by the time the Lord takes Sennacherib down, everybody on earth is going to know who God is, that he is the only one God that there is. And he is the God of Israel. All these other nations, well, we got our own gods. Wait a minute, we got run over by this guy and little Judah beat him? How did they do that? There must be something to their God. I think I want to find out and go look. And now all the other nations are curious about this God of Israel. This is how God gets glorified on a global scale. And it's still happening today. You turn on the news, you don't hear anything about the country of Nepal or the country of, uh, I think it's, uh, it looked like it's called seashells, Seychelles or something. It's in the middle of the the ocean. I worked them on ham radio the other day. I was like, who is that? You don't hear about them, but you do hear about Israel, that little wedge of carrot cake up there, you know, that little bitty dot that most kids today probably couldn't point out on a map if you showed it to them. They're getting all the news. Why? Because God is still today glorifying himself on a global scale to show the world who he is. And it makes no sense that all these big nations are coming against little carrot cake Israel 
and they can't do any they can't knock them off the map some at some point people have got to go who is this god do you see what's happening even now it's not just thousands of years ago here this is going on today so they're going to understand who the lord god of israel is once assyria's face hits the floor then won't that be a direct answer to Hezekiah's prayer that he asked for in verse 19? He said, Lord, save us from his hand. And that's not all he said. He said, save us that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. That was Hezekiah's prayer. Don't just save us, but save us in a way that the whole world knows who you are. So here's this paper champion promotion going on, taking all these little weak little kingdoms out. But when he gets to Jerusalem, it ain't going to go the same way. God is orchestrating this to show everybody who he is. Y'all following? This is making sense. That means I've done my job. Good. So the Lord had even more to say about Sennacherib in 2 Kings 19, 27. But I know your dwelling place. You're going in, uh, you're, you're going out and you're coming in. And your rage against me, because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears. Therefore, I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your lips. And I will turn you back by the way which you came. <laughs> you ain't messing with me, boy. I will, I will hook you and draw you out. It kinda, uh, basically, the Lord also had said, dude, don't mess with me. I know where you live. You ever have somebody tell you, I know where you live. Yeah, it's like supposed to be a threat. Because I know where you're at all the time. I know what you're doing. I always know where you are. And Sennacherib's hatred of God and all the noise that his hatred had caused, he was going around scaring everybody. The Lord says, I heard that. It's come to my attention and I will do something about it. And so just like how Sennacherib had taken so many people captive and conquered them, The Lord said, I'm going to send you back the same way by which you came, which means the conquering you were dishing out, you're about to get. I'm sending you back down the same pipe you come up out of. You see how the Lord was about to use this fool as a means of glorifying himself to the world. And I put myself in the same category. I'm just a foolish guy. How in the world did we arrive to this? Lord, why did you choose me as a pastor? I just, I don't get it. As a matter of fact, my first day in ministry was on April 1st. And I told my boss that I used to work, that the company I used to work for, I said, I'll be, I gave him a two month notice and not two week. I wanted to give him plenty of time. And he goes, okay, you're finally going to ministry. I said, yeah. I said, in two months. He goes, okay. An hour later, he comes back. Ah, good one, Ray. That's funny. I have never heard of anybody play an April Fool's joke on me so far in advance like that. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I counted up two months. It's April 1st. That's a good one. And I said, I didn't plan that. I'm for real. (laughs) So my first day in ministry was April 1st. And it kind of reminds me, every April 1st when they go, hi, April Fool's Day, I'm reminded of my place. I'm just a fool. You know, the Lord God uses fools. He can use them for uh, unbelieving fools as well as believing fools, both ways. And, and, but in Sennacherib's case, he's an unbelieving fool. And he said, I'm going to put my hook in your nose. The Lord says, I'm, I'm, it's like when I'm going to catch you like a fish. And I'm just going to reel you right in, you idiot. <laughs> I'm just trying to catch the, the attitude here of this guy that would just messed with his children. Because I've got something for you, man.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.